Lord, we come to you right now, Lord, and we ask, Lord, that you forgive us for anything that is unlike you. If there's anybody listening under the sound of my voice, Lord, that is uh, guilty of anything in thought, deed, or actions, Lord, uh, in, in, in any way, shape, form, or fashion, Lord, that is unpleasing to your sight, there will be a blockage to them receiving your message or the message of your messenger as delivered by way of scripture and by way of writing that is divinely inspired, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you forgive us in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Forgive us for sins. Forgive us for thoughts. Forgive us for actions. Forgive us for anything that would be a separation of us or a wall that would stop you from hearing our prayers or in the stopping us from receiving your word on good ground, Lord. We pray, Lord, for the anointing of Jesus Christ that not one word would fall fall to the ground, but that it would fall on the good soil, not the rock, not the thorns and thistles, and not against the concrete, Lord, but on the good soil and be planted into the mind of the listeners that they will receive your word with gladness, with wisdom, with knowledge, and with understanding, all inspired by the Holy Spirit. These things we thank you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, Yahshua, Hamashiach, the Christ, and we say amen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Now the Living Word Ministries. Um, today, I'm just going to read a chapter from Prayers That Move Mountains uh, by John Eckhart. So this chapter is called Midnight and Midday Prayer. Psalms 55 and 17 says, Evening and morning, and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Praying at different times of the day can be a powerful way to move mountains and experience breakthroughs. I've always been a night person. I pray and study at night. Understanding the mystery of the night can cause you to see great breakthroughs in your spiritual life. Midnight prayer is a time for spiritual warfare. This is the, the third, third watch of the night and one of the most important times to keep watch. This is, is a special time for divine government overruling human decrees. This is when the deep sleep falls upon men, according to Acts 10, uh, sorry, excuse me, Acts 20, 7 through 12. Remember, according to Matthew 13 and 25, while men slept, the enemy, the enemy went to sow tares. This is therefore a period of heightened satanic activities. The devil operates at this time because this is the time that men are asleep and there are not so many people praying to oppose him. Night is also a time of anguish and fear for many when pain, guilt, fear, and despair can seem almost unendurable. Many of the Psalms call out to God from the depths of distress for mercy help, justice, victory over evil. Praying them, we give voice to the cries of the poor and troubled, those who are unable to turn to God themselves or who do not even believe in God. We identify with those who are suffering and call out with them and for them. Our prayer rises to God in the hours of darkness as an act of solidarity with those experiencing the night of the cross. In Psalm 42 and 8, we read, 
The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, a prayer to God, to the God of my life. According to Adam Clark's commentary, this verse is saying that God will give a special commission for his loving kindness to visit us in the night hours, that he will allow his mercy to continue in our prayers and give us power to make the best use of this visitation. That is a powerful revelation on the mystery of the night. When we pray at night, the Lord's love, kindness, and mercy will dwell in the midst of our prayers and be available to us in their full power. So, if you are experiencing intense demonic opposition, the midnight hour would be an ideal place to establish a prayer post or a vigil until you experience breakthrough. Breakthroughs at midnight. The night has been established by covenant. Jeremiah 33 and 20 says, Thus saith the Lord, if ye can break my covenant of the day and my, coven- and my covenant of the night, and that there should, be, should not be day and night in their season. Great breakthroughs can occur when we praise and pray at night. Midnight is a time when God does uh, supernatural things. In Psalm 119 and 62, the psalmist said, At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. Here is a list of other blessings or breakthroughs that occur at midnight. Midnight is a time of release from every spiritual prison. And at midnight, uh, this is Acts 16 and 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Uh, You can uh, provoke God with fearful praises at midnight, just as David and Paul did. It is a time of release from every spiritual prison. When you utilize the mystery of midnight prayers, it will initiate the earthquake of deliverance that would set you free. Exodus 11 and 4 says, And then Moses said, Thus says the the Lord, About midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome to Now the Living Word Ministry. That's Now the Living Word Ministry. No one without, N-O-W, no one without the living word, no one without the gospel, no one without the truth, no one without Jesus Christ. Tonight, what we're going to do is a special episode. Um, We're going to talk about the power of midnight prayer as um, brought to us by um, uh, Holy Spiritual Prayer Warrior John Eckhart. So we're in his book, Prayers That Move Mountains. And I must tell you, this is a fascinating read for anyone who is finding themselves under the attack of the enemy in odd hours, not just at midnight, but throughout the day, every day of your life. Um, The truth about this is that we must realize that God has ordained for us to um, 
to engage in spiritual warfare. This is actually not even a a uh, choice in the walk as a Christian walk of salvation and the walk uh, hand in hand with the Heavenly Father, because once you have, in fact, chosen to give your life to our Lord and Savior and to walk according to the um, calling that he has on your life, which he's chosen you to walk in. Uh, you, in fact, will have to engage in battle with the enemy. Um, Jesus had to engage with battle with the enemy um, after he came out the wilderness. Um, Paul had to engage with the enemy. Peter had to engage with the enemy. Um, uh, it's it's unsaid, you know, that uh, even in um, the Old Testament, uh, Daniel had to war with the enemy. Jeremiah had to engage the enemy. Um, you know, um, it's just this is an unwritten rule. Um, so um, when you engage this, when you when you find yourself engaging with the enemy, then it is up to you at that point to realize that you yourself have no power, but it is the power through Jesus Christ and the power of his name. And upon that mantle is which you engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Uh, Paul speaks of this, I believe, in Second Corinthians. He tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And a stronghold simply is an area in your life or in your mind um, that the enemy builds a fortress or a, 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 um, yeah, a fortress in which he wages war against you inside of your own mind. Amen. And, uh, it can be, um, it's also, uh, a stronghold It's also a recognition of a weakness that you have a uh, type of maybe sin, uh, an addiction. Maybe you like to drink a lot. Maybe you drink like to drink too much. Uh, maybe you like to chase women. Uh, maybe you like to um, do whatever types of drugs that are out there. Maybe you like to roll up. Maybe you like to, um, you know, powder your nose. Maybe you like to do different things. But what God is saying to you is once you have given that up and decided to walk with the Lord, you have in fact joined into the army of the Lord and you will engage in spiritual warfare whether you choose to or not and a lot um, a lot of us aren't being totally equipped with this with this understanding that warfare is a part of the walk with Jesus Christ if he did it he's in his word he said that um a uh, matter of fact, it was Peter that said, "Count it not strange when you know when you when you go into different trials, when you go into different um, the thing different fiery trials come to you, and, and that means that when you face things like you know uh, things you just don't understand, like uh, maybe someone is angry with you, maybe uh, you're facing a hard time at work out of nowhere, uh, maybe your job lets you go, and you've been there for a long time. Maybe you, these are times when the Lord is calling for you to trust on Him, because the enemy is now testing your faith, and He is allowed to test your faith, but. The Lord will not allow you to be broken if you, in fact, trust in him. But back to um, midnight prayer. That's the source right now. Right now, we're speaking on how powerful this weapon can be, because um, usually the enemy does his greatest work 
when you're asleep, when I'm asleep, when we're asleep. You know, if you think about the parable of the soul and the seed, as you as it was mentioned, um, the, it says that while the um, when 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 the um, farmer sold his seed as he slept, the enemy came and sowed weeds among or tears amongst the wheat. And so as they grew up with it, you know, the his his hired hands, he was talking to his hired hands and they say, well, how did the how do we get these weeds in with the wheat? How do we get the tares in with the wheat? And he said the enemy came and did this while we were asleep. And this is a depiction of how the Satan comes and he'll plant bad thoughts. He'll give you bad dreams, nightmares. Um, he'll lie to you. He'll have seducing spirits. Um, and these things will be in your ear, in your life and in the life of the people you love and will, in fact, attack them. So as a way of getting to you. And sometimes he frustrates their lives and then they'll bring their frustration to you. And it's up to you to look to God and not to look to yourself. So with that being said, um, we're going to get into expounding on this in a minute. When we get right back from this break, all glory be to God. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to Now the Living Word Ministry. That's Now the Living Word Ministries, where we bring you the whole truth and nothing but the truth according to Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh. Where we believe no one should go without, N-O-W, no one without, no one without the living word, no one without the true gospel, no one without the message of Jesus Christ. Tonight we're talking about, um, we're talking about the power of midnight prayers and we learned uh, through narration of my beautiful daughter, uh, Yelly Price Morris, who is a prophetess and a very strong soldier and warrior in the word of Jesus Christ against the enemy and in the warfare that is to walk at Christ like um, we learned that the enemy comes and likes to come against us in the midnight hours amen we learned also that praying at different times can be a powerful way to move mountains uh which that simply means is you'll get breakthroughs you'll get great breakthroughs at night because this is the time that the enemy believes he's caught us off guard why because these are the hours that most men sleep um if we go into the book of matthew 13 25 we'll find the sower of the um the parable of the sower, the parable of the sower and the seed. You see, what happens is we um, when we get into sleep, we go into a form of hibernation. And this particular form of hibernation is what it in itself allows the enemy who never sleeps. The enemy is constantly at work, constantly moving. So um, if you remember, if you go back to um, in the garden, when Jesus 
stepped away to pray to the father and he came back and the uh, his disciples were asleep. They were the disciples at this time. They hadn't been promoted, but um, they they were um, asleep and he came to them and said, why does thou sleep? You know, can you remain with me one hour? You know, you uh, said he wanted them to pray with him. Um, and he told them that they were falling into temptation. You see what happens, what Jesus meant by that temptation is when the enemy comes, he comes and he plants vicious thoughts. He gives you bad dreams. He plants negative thoughts and negative um, uh, emotions in you because that's when you're most susceptible to suggestion. You're most susceptible to suggestion, which means that that's when your your mind is most ready for whatever is being received in that time so in your time of slumber your mind is always your spirit man is awake and your mind is open so it's open to whatever you allow it to be suggested to so if you went to sleep um, listening to uh, some gangster music some gangster rap music or you know some talk about the streets and slang and dope chances are the only thing that's going to be on your mind when you wake up is hitting the streets and slang and dope um, if you if you went to sleep watching a scary movie or a horror movie, chances are your dreams and the things that prolong you and open you up to suggestive behavior of being fearful and scared of demons or scared of things that you watch that were fearful in a movie. Murder, rape, um, uh, whatever, mass murder, suicide bombers, whatever it was in that movie. Uh, the point is, be mindful of what you allow yourself to be susceptible to um, during that time. Uh, go to sleep playing your gospel music. Let your gospel music be playing while you're sleeping. Um, let some audio audio Bible play throughout the night. Um, play something that's like, because I know sometimes myself, I get on there and sometimes I'll play, like it's a, it'll be something to play like eight hours worth of Bible scriptures, um, different from various portions of the Bible, Psalms, Proverbs, Matthew, whatever. Um, unless I'm in a state where I want to meditate and I've read some scripture before I went to sleep and I want to meditate. And so that's what I'll do. But the power of midnight prayer is important because you engage the enemy on his main battleground. And so it's almost as though, because remember, this is spiritual warfare. Um, this is a war that we've entered against the enemy. And so what we do is we allow um, we allow the Holy Spirit to take effect and we begin to engage the enemy at what he believed was the weakest point. But because we're up and uh the Bible calls us as we do this, we, they call us watchmen. In fact, we are engaging and watching out for others. So we don't just pray on our behalf. We pray on behalf of those who can't pray for themselves. Amen. Um, they actually call this time, especially at midnight, it's called the third watch. And the third watch is the most important time to keep watch, according to um, Brother Apostle Eckhart. Um, it is a very trivial point at which um, you can be suggested to stand strong and fight the good fight against the enemy through fasting and prayer and scripture or the enemy can plant seeds of fear gloom and doom in your mind and you give up on your run with the Lord um, I do I, I love the fact that how he engages and he addresses these things and and it's a beautiful thing to know that we can 
beat the enemy because there is power in the name of Jesus Christ. We engage him on his on his toughest battleground. You see, it's harder for him to engage us during the day because why? Because these are the hours that most people are awakened. Billions upon billions of people are praying millions upon millions praying to the Lord in the name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the enemy is getting thwarted on every end. So what does he do? He waits until you go to sleep. They come back to see if you're as tough as you really say you are. Are you really founded on the rock? Are you really standing on the foundation of the word of Jesus Christ? Or are you a coward? Are you cowering in fear? Do you stop worshiping? Do you stop praying? Uh, do you stop talking about how good God is to you? Um, and do, or do you stand firm uh, uh, on the vocation that you're calling and you root yourself in that gospel? Amen. And you trust the word of Jesus Christ. You know, um, as did when he Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, you know, and he was led up into the wilderness by the spirit. This is after he was baptized. And the Bible clearly says he was led into the wilderness by the spirit to be tempted by the devil 40 days and 40 nights. And after he had fasted them 40 days and 40 nights and was hungry, then the devil came to him strong. And um, he basically tempted him and he tempted him with bread, you know, that'll be the son of God command these these stones be turned to bread um and jesus say well it is written man shall not live by bread alone each and every time the devil tried to attack him he attacked him trying to twist the word and jesus used the word against him it is written it is written was his response and that's what we ought to do but prayer if you ever notice, Jesus was always in a state of prayer. If they looked up and the apostles were sleeping, Jesus was somewhere praying, you know, and when he did sleep, they were fearful. But Jesus was always mindful of who he was. And that's who we are. We stand in the third watch. We come in midnight prayer because midnight prayer gets us equipped, but also helps us to watch over those who are sleeping. We cover them in prayer. We cover their homes in prayer. We cover their ministries in prayer. We pray for the leaders of uh, of the country. We pray for the presidents and the, the kings, king, the queens and the prime ministers. Uh, we pray for the children that they not be lost. We pray for them to see clearly. We pray for them to break the bonds of suicide and, and, and lawlessness and rebellion, you know, because uh, these things are running rampant in society. And we must war against those. And how, what, are our, what are our weapons? Well, according to Paul, they're not carnal, which means what? They're not physical. That uh, You can't punch a demon. Amen. You, 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 you can't kick a demon. You can't shoot a demon or a demonic spirit. You can't shoot them. Your guns are useless. Your knuckles and hands are useless. Amen. Your, 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 your kneecaps and, and, and your elbows are useless. You can't run a demon over with a car, amen? You have to meet the demon on his natural grounds, his natural grounds of warfare. And what are those grounds? They're spiritual. That is the realm that you don't see. What does that mean? That simply means this. That means that there is a realm in life that you can't see. There is a world that you can't see. And that world, is spiritual that world that world wages war against you 24 hours seven days a week 365 days a year sometimes 366 um matter of fact let me do that right 
because it's a few months that have 31 days. And so you would have to add a, a day for each of those. So it, it goes beyond 365 days a week. I mean, 365 days a year because some months are in fact 31 days. But with that being said, you, your war ain't a constant warfare. What do I mean by that? That means that sometimes you be thinking your you think these thoughts are your thoughts, but these thoughts aren't always your thoughts. You um, a good analogy that the Lord gave me to give is that it's a 45, 45 percent. And you're like, what does that mean? Forty five percent, the enemy, 45 percent, the good. What does that mean? That means 45 percent. You have a demon that has been assigned to you from the day you were born. Maybe sometimes, depending upon what your mother and father and how they lived, you may have several demons assigned to you from the day you were born. And and then. You have your body, which is the flesh, which because of Adam and Eve um, fall into temptation is cloaked in sin. It, it wants to do all the things that God doesn't want you to do. It wants to have sex, not being married. It, it wants to uh, um, be married and have sex outside of your marriage. It wants to steal. It wants to kill. It wants to rob. It wants to maim. It wants to put people down. It wants to tear people down verbally, physically, and emotionally. It wants to do these things. Um, it wants to lie. So, but then you have the 45% that's good. And that's the guardian angel or the angel that has been assigned to your life. And that particular angel has been assigned um, to protect you and give you to, to protect you from yourself in certain instances. You know, where you are about to step off a curb and you just felt something just grab you or stop you. And that bus went by doing about 50 miles per hour but you know what the size of that bus weighing probably about 10 tons it would have knocked your life right out you but the but the guardian angel with the lord that the lord had assigned to you protected you and shielded you from that that's and he also is assigned to give you the good thoughts to try and steer you away from the bad things and um then you have and also you have the holy spirit which is something that you that you have to come to God and request. How do you request it? You simply just confess that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, that you believe that he died on the cross, that you believe he rose on the third day, and that you believe in him, and you believe that he is, and, you, and that you dedicate your life, and you give your life to him. And then when you do that the Holy Spirit comes within you the Holy Spirit comes within you and now you have the Holy Spirit and the angel the angel is leading you to right was trying to protect you the Holy Spirit is now your governing body which means your Holy Spirit is now changing your mind slowly changing your mind with your obedience as you listen to the Holy Spirit the stronger it becomes and the less likely you want to do all the bad things we stated earlier so that's the other 45% now in the middle that 10% is the most powerful in the entire equation why is that why is 10% more powerful than 45% here and 45% there because that 10% is relying upon what God gave you God didn't make you a robot God doesn't force you to do anything God loves you so much 
He, in fact, gave you free will. What is free will? I'm glad you asked that question. Free will means you have your own choice. You have your choice to choose good or bad. You have your choice to choose right or to choose wrong. You have your choice to choose heaven or to choose hell. This is your choice. And God won't take that from you. God allows you to decide whether you want eternal happiness, glory, with eternal happiness, glory, and beauty, and the worship of God, and to be at his right hand, and to be in the kingdom of heaven, where there'll be no more tears, no more crying, no more sickness, no more dying, no more darkness, no more death. Or do you want to enjoy everything the world has to offer? Do you want to enjoy hitting the clubs? Do you want to enjoy shooting dice? Do you want to enjoy hanging in your neighborhoods? Do you want to enjoy shooting and killing people? Do you want to enjoy lying and murdering people? Do you want to enjoy committing fornication, which once again is having sex or being intimate with someone when you're not married to them in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Intimacy. You know, whether it's, you know, you know, oral, whether it's genital, whether it is anything, anal, anything. You know, some even go as far as to be lovers of the same sex. And that to God is an abomination. Whether you try to call yourself married because marriage only stands for the natural order, which is how God created it, which is man and woman. So to a man and a man, that's not called a marriage. A woman and a woman, that's not called a marriage. That's two people living as an abomination under the eyes of God. Woman and woman, abomination under the eyes of God. Man and man, abomination under the eyes of God. Sin. But for a man to be with a woman that's not his wife is fornication. For a man to be married and step outside of his marriage is adultery and fornication. So it's double. For a man to not be married and have and be intimate with a woman that is not his wife or have sex with a woman that's not his wife. That is fornication and spirit holy spiritual adultery so that means because jesus gave his life to you for you that means he already gave you salvation whether you accept it or not it's there for you to accept or to deny okay and so if you choose to be with someone outside of being married to them you're choosing a sin or something bad or something wrong or something that God looks down on and something that God thinks is evil. So that in fact, that act makes you evil. Does that stop God from loving you? No, it does not. Does that stop God from reaching out to you? No, it does not. Does that stop God from willing you to be saved or wanting you to be saved? It does not. But can it eventually lead you to death? 
The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The wages of evil is death. The wages of wrongdoing is death. So, what we must understand is that through all this, all these different things that you can do that are wrong, those are being sinned. That's sin. That's bad. But the Lord has given you a chance to make it right. And sometimes you simply don't believe you can do it or you just can't do it on your own. And this is why we come to God and allow the Holy Spirit in our lives. But sometimes there are things that are holding on to us that even we can't break ourselves. And this is where somebody that is somewhere praying for you that you don't even know that they're doing it. They're praying for your life. They're praying for your protection. They're praying for your salvation. They're praying that no harm comes to you. They're praying that God opens your eyes and brings you out of darkness into light, into his marvelous light. They're praying that you don't go to hell. They're praying that you don't burn in the lake of fire. They're praying for you. They're praying at midnight and they're praying throughout the day. Prayer is powerful. Prayer can break the chains of stronghold. Prayer can break the bonds. What does that mean? The the chains of stronghold. What it is, is these unclean spirits, these spirits that we were talking about earlier, that the things you can't see, they wage war against your mind. How do they do that? By getting you to choose something other than God. They get you to choose grills, gold grills in your mouth. Then that can't save you from hell. They get you to choose women wearing these type of clothes and that type of clothes and and dress lustfully and put we're showing all their body. And so you're chasing them. That can't save you from hell. The devil is crafty. He simply puts things in front of you that you choose before you choose God. And now when you choose those things that can't save you, you be, you're choosing death. You're choosing to die. But Jesus went on the cross to give you power to break these chains. Jesus Christ gave his life. Who is Jesus? Jesus is God in the flesh. What religion can you think of that can tell you that their God put on skin and came down and lived with us? He left a pure place without sin, without the filth of sin, without the filth of death, without the filth of destruction, without the filth and impurity. Of where we are right now. He loved us so much. That he gave that up. And came down to experience what we experience. To be tempted with every temptation. The temptation to murder. The temptation to to steal. The temptation to hurt. The temptation to turn his back. The temptation to hold grudges. The temptation. 
All these temptations, the temptations of adultery, the temptations of fornication, the temptations of alcoholism, the temptation of coveting, which is wanting somebody else's thing, things that they have. Wanting their wife, wanting their car, wanting their life, wanting their job. That's coveting. That's a sin. Christ endured all that and took it to the cross so that you could have the power to defeat the enemy. And what's going to be one of your greatest weapons against the enemy? You guessed it. Prayer. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, worry about nothing, but pray about everything. Let me say that again. Worry about nothing, but pray about everything. With thanksgiving and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And a peace that surpasses all understanding. Just remember that. In Christ Jesus, there's peace. In prayer, there's peace. But prayer is a weapon. It's a weapon of warfare against an unseen enemy. Because you're not battling with something that you can see. Sometimes he works through people and you really believe it's them and you're ready to knuckle them down. But you really need to pray for them. You see, the hands that you need to use are not the balling of the hand into a fist, but the 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 laying the hands being flat, both of them straight, pressed together and praying for that person who did you wrong, praying for God to give mercy to them, praying for God to heal them for whatever is going on inside of them that would make them want to hate you you see prayer is your weapon and the greatest prayers occur against the enemy at midnight why because he's hoping you sleep but you're awake and you're waging war not selfishly about yourself you are in fact bringing prayer and warfare to the enemy and you have attacked him where he thought you were weak at you have engaged him at the weakest point of warfare or so he thought you have caught him at his flanking point where he thought he would catch you slipping and you have in fact took the word of God which is the scriptures which is the word that are the words that are in the Bible that Jesus showed you to use against the enemy that Paul shows you to use against the enemy that Peter shows you to use against the enemy and you use that weapon against the enemy there is a portion also in the scripture in the holy scriptures where we learn about the full armor of God which is the helmet of salvation and the helmet of salvation represents the when you came to Christ and gave your life to the helmet of salvation was when you gave your life to Christ, you accepted the salvation that he gave you on the cross. You put that on to guard your mind. The breastplate of righteousness, that means you no longer act 
foolishly. You no longer go do the things that people do to you. You don't come at them with what they come at you with. You don't address because sometimes it's not them. It's the enemy. And you have to meet that enemy in prayer. You have to meet that enemy with beating with righteousness. You have to protect yourself with righteousness. You put on the girdle of truth. That means you speak the truth. What is the truth? Jesus is the truth. The way, the truth, and the life. You speak the word of God. Jesus is the word. You meet that enemy on his turf, which is in the spirit realm. Because you can't beat him with your hands. You can't beat him with your AR-15. It's going to be useless in the day of battle. You can't beat him with your brass knuckles. You can't beat him with your taser. You can't beat him with your baton. It's useless to him. And he'll just keep on attacking your mind while you loading up on artillery. While you're loading up your munitions and your ammunition. He's attacking your mind and making you useless. Matter of fact, he can, if you are, if you're not protected and guarded by the word of God, he can take, you can put so many negative thoughts in your mind to the point where you use your ammunition and your munitions, which is your gun and your bullets on yourself. When you take that gun and put it in your mouth and blow your own brains out because you're not protected by the word of God because the spiritual warfare has come to you and made wage war in the midnight hours and you weren't ready nor were you protected and nor were your family or your household. Because if he can get you to turn that gun on yourself then he can in fact bring that trend to you and you can and and because you didn't you weren't protected you can in fact bring that warfare to your children and your children's children because you have not rooted them in the word of god and showed them how to pray and to war in the end with the enemy in the realm that you can actually beat him in because the word of god teaches us that when we give ourselves to the lord and when we have fully fully been obedient to the word of God and fasted and prayed and submitted ourselves to Jesus Christ. We are now not only powerful here in the physical realm against the enemy, but we are powerful in the unseen spiritual world against the enemy. We can put, we can put walls of protection around us angels of protection the right hand of God of protection the fire of God against the enemy in a way that even though we can't see it with our naked eyes we are hitting him everywhere hard we are launching bombs against the enemy through prayer bombs against the enemy through our cries out to God bombs against the enemy when we speak in tongues launching bombs against the enemy through faith in Jesus Christ launching bombs to the enemy every time we get on our knees in prayer launching bombs on the enemy when we lay flat prostrate ourselves in submission to God launching bombs to the enemy because everything that we speak in as we stand here in a physical scene realm and in a physical world we are spiritually unearthing in the atmosphere in realms that are unseen we are unleashing angels into warfare we are unleashing um, we are unleashing we are unleashing apostolic anointed angels that are changing the atmosphere we are 
pushing prayers that push warfare, that push that move God to send angels, but also we can move God to send the fire of God against the enemy and decimate him. And we can feel it in the physical. We can feel him working in our Holy Spirit, but we don't see it in our natural but because of the fervent prayer, and the Bible says the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous man availeth much. What does that mean, Apostle Shepherd? That means that when you pray from a deep place of faith and and humility and brokenness and strength and submission to God. It moves God in such a way that he launches the heaviest bombs. He launches his mighty military angels, his most strongest warrior angels against the enemy on your behalf. But how does this all occur? It occurs through your obedience to his word. Are you living because it's a, are you living according to the word? Because if you're not, then your words can fall the wrong way your words are useless because your words have to match up with your faith and this makes all your prayers this makes all your casting because it leads you it gives you power in Christ Jesus and in, in Jesus Christ name there is power in the name of Jesus Christ I command these unclean enemies to go into the bottomless pit and fall until the day of judgment in which they will be plucked out and cast into the lake of fire to burn eternally. Jesus, an example of this is when Jesus himself came upon a man who was infested with demons. Nobody wanted to deal with him. Matter of fact, they put him on the outskirts of the town and chained him up like a dog. Nobody wanted to deal with him. Nobody wanted to talk to him. Nobody wanted to come near him because he would he would thrash people. He would scratch and claw them and bite them and tackle them. He would break chains and they would have to bring new chains. And when Jesus came upon him and asked him who he was, they lo, though thou art the son of the living God, have thou come to suffer us before our time. Thou art Christ, the anointed one. They were scared. And guess what? When you come to Jesus Christ through the salvation that he gave you freely and you allow him to come into you when the indwelling of the Holy Spirit comes within you, there is power and he can see it. The enemy can see it. The people, matter of fact, the anointing is sometimes so powerful that the people can see the light of God. They can see the shining of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the true living God of Jesus Christ living within you, in your face, in your countenance, in your smile. When you pray, they can feel it. The power of the prayer in the unseen realm. And we have to stand on that. Through the name of Jesus Christ, we can rebuke demons. What does that mean? That means we can crush demons. We can silence demons. We can send demons where we want them to go. Matter of fact, when in that same story, when they seen them, they begged Jesus to let them go to a certain area. When they asked him, they said, have thou come to suffer us before our time? He was saying, have you come to destroy us before the time appointed? What does that tell you? Satan has a time. He know he has a time. And his biggest weapon against you is that you don't. As an unbeliever, you don't know that you have this power in the name of Jesus Christ. And you don't know that he only has a certain amount of time. 
You don't know this if you're not in the word of God. But it's not just enough to be in the word of God. You have to live the word of God. You have to be obedient to the word of God. You have to walk out this word of God all the way until the day that this flesh that you're living in disintegrates in the dust in a coffin casket somewhere in the earth. You have to live it out in obedience so that the power of God is effective in your life. Because if you're not living according to the word, if you're not living faithful to God, if you're not being obedient to the things that he has called you to be obedient, if you're not listening to the indwelling Holy Spirit that is within you, then you are in fact useless in warfare. You are in fact null and void to the enemy. You are in fact just a wind you're just blowing out hot air and the demons are laughing in your face matter of fact there is a torrent matter, matter of fact there is a portion in the bible where um there were some guys that were trying to cast out demons in the name of paul's god in the name of peter in, in the name of uh, in the name of paul's god is what they said and the demon looked at him and said jesus i know paul i know but who are you? What was he saying? He was saying, I don't even know you. You you don't live by the word of God. Because if you was living by the word of God, I would be scared of you. If you was living by the word of God and casting me out in the name of Jesus Christ. If you were living by the words and conditions of Jesus Christ. If you were allowing yourself to be led by the Holy Spirit, I would know who you are and I would be scared. But because I don't know you, I'm going to get you. And that's what they did. They attacked those three men. They attacked him. The one man, one man attacked him. The demons provoked the one man to attack those three men and he overcame them. He beat them so bad he beat them naked. Beat them out their socks. Oh, they ran out of there naked. All three of them. Gone. Hauling tail feathers. But the power that is in the name of Jesus Christ, he gave to them, us, in his name to cast out demons to heal the sick, to restore peace, to preach the gospel, to impart the Holy Spirit, to get those saved that are lost. And our biggest weapon is prayer and praise. He said, worry about nothing. But pray about everything with thanksgiving and supplications. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your minds in Christ Jesus, your minds and hearts in Christ Jesus. So when he says thanksgiving, that means come to God, thanking him for everything that you have. Thank him for being alive. Thank him for your food. Thank him for your children being healthy. Thank him for you being healthy. Thank him for your job. Thank him for the roof over your head. Thank him for your mother being alive. Thank you for your, thank you, thank him for your friends being alive. Thank him for your church being healthy. Thank him. Turn on some music that praises the Lord and thank him and sing those praises. My God is awesome. My God is awesome. He can move mountains. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. No. 
Nobody greater than you. Nobody greater than Jesus Christ. Then come to him with the word. When you feel his presence, his presence has the ability to move mountains. His presence, his presence has the ability to heal the sick, to heal broken bones, to heal lame bones, to heal pain, to get rid of cancer, to get rid of anything that ails the body, anything that does not belong because these are unclean spirits. But prayer, after prayer, praise, glorification, prayer and praise move mountains and bring the presence of God so prayer and praise bring the presence of God which what brings healing which brings the feeling of the Holy Spirit but you must remember you we pray to God not because we have to we pray to God because we love him we pray to God because we trust him but it also empowers the angels bringing forth the blessing it also gives power and shows God that you trust, which brings the power to the end to the angel who is who is literally engaging with the enemy. And I'll close with this. Daniel f- fasted for 21 days and a lot of people are doing the Daniel fast because you can literally actually still eat on the Daniel fast. It's not like the fast that Jesus did for 40 days and 40 nights of the wilderness in which he ate nothing and drank nothing. But Daniel fasted 21 days and the angel came. When the angel finally got to him, he told him that he heard him. And this is in the book of Daniel. He heard him from the moment he first prayed. And he said the Lord heard him and he sent him. But when he came, he was met with opposition by the prince of Persia, which it means is the prince of Persia or the prince of the power of the air of Persia, which is a demonic entity or an unclean spirit of Satan. Uh, that that works with Satan and he warred with the angel bringing the answer to Daniel's prayer and he withstood him for 21 days but Daniel in faith stayed on his fast Daniel in faith stayed on his fast and continued to pray day in day out night in night out And he also told him, he said, well, you know, I was warm with the Prince of Persia. It was a letting him know it was a hard job, he said. But then then Michael came, Archangel, Michael, the Archangel came to his help and gave him help, which freed him up to come with the answer to Daniel's prayer. And so what do we find out? Um, We find out from this. Well, this takes us fast forwards us into the future into at which the apostle with the disciples at this time had tried to cast out some unclean spirits and out of a man and they wouldn't leave. And they asked Jesus, they said, man, why master, why didn't this work? You know, we, we, we tried to cast them out. We tried our best. We, you know, we know we did everything you told us to do. And Jesus looked at them and he said, Some things come out by fasting. Some things come out by prayer. But some things only come out by fasting and prayer. Which means that sometimes prayer isn't even enough. And you must do it also by fasting. And what is fasting? Fasting is denying yourself something that you know displeases God. 
or simply just denying yourself of what brought the original sin on, which was disobedience and pride. And that's food. Remember, the first sin was the sin was brought upon the world through pride and disobedience by eating what God told us not to eat. What he called Adam and Eve not to eat. And that plunged us all into darkness of sin and separation from God, a spiritual death and forfeited and gave up dominion of the earth to Satan and his demons. But Jesus, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, Yeshua HaMashiach, our savior, our warrior, our champion, our God, put on a skin suit and came dressed like a sinful man holding the power of the holiest of holy spirits underneath that flesh was God in the flesh who was capable of being in heaven and on earth at the same time. Came down and said, that's enough. He came down and literally lived everything and dealt with every temptation we deal with today. But he beat them at their own game cloaked himself under skin as a simple prophet and a messiah but was really the true living God and the moment he gave up the ghost on the cross he unleashed the atomic bomb the nuclear weapon that is the Holy Spirit and gave it to us for those who would seek he opened the door of salvation for us and gave those who would receive it a chance to have eternal life. But not only eternal life, to live a better life here while they lived on earth. And I don't know about you, but a God that's willing to come down here knowing that he could dodge death that he could make everyone that was trying to kill him die at the snap of a finger but still be willing to be whipped to be beaten to be mocked to be spit on to be questioned over and over again by those he created and still go to the cross for us that's the kind of God I want to serve that's the kind of God I would give my life for. All glory be to God. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Um, you are back with now the Living Word Ministries. And I just want to say I hope that 
this was enlightening for you that you were able to to acquire the understanding and the true importance of prayer the true importance of not just midnight prayer but prayer throughout the day um i believe that it's imperative it's important that you pray at least once every hour um Everyone's not able to do that, but uh, definitely my family and I, we practice that. So we just want to let you know that um, if you pray once every hour, you'll be praying with us. Once every hour, we'll all be praying together and we will be all launching atomic nuclear hydrogen bombs against the enemy against the satanic forces and demonic forces and unclean forces that are waging wars against us every day. The true fact of the matter is you're, there's a war being waged against you every moment of every day. There's a war being waged against you uh, in media. There's a war against you, being, which is ironic because media is also the name of a pagan country and a pagan satanic believing entity um, that was also one of the countries that oppressed Israel uh, media Medo-Persian Empire actually was the Medes which was media and Persia together that um, took over after the fall of Babylon but that's a whole nother message I just want you to know that prayer is intricate to your warfare with the enemy because of the moment you gave your life to Christ, the enemy declared war on you. He already had a war on you that you didn't know, but now that you are awakened, the warfare is all the more intense. So it is imperative that you pray. If you're not going to pray every hour on an hour, like when we're not telling you, that's what you have to do. Um, pray in the morning. Pray in the afternoon and pray in the evening before you go to sleep. In the morning, you pray. You thank first thank God for waking you up and thank God for all that you have and thank God for your health and thank God for your children and your family. And then say amen in the name of Jesus Christ and then pray for whatever it is you have concerns about. Pray for you know, whatever it is you, you have concerns about, leave it with God. And in the afternoon, thank God for keeping you and protecting you and not um, not allowing you to pass away or you to die or your loved ones to die throughout that afternoon. And thank him for the things that you still have in the name of Jesus Christ. And then pray for your concerns. Whatever's going on throughout that day, pray for people that said wrong things to you. Pray for that person that on your job that is constantly bothering you. Pray that they have peace in their life and pray that then pray for God to have mercy on them. And then in the evening, you pray for God for everything and always pray for him before every meal and ask him to protect every meal that you eat and to cleanse it and purify it. Every drink that you drink, water before you open it, soda before you open it, um, juice before you open it, whatever it is. Before you exercise, pray and ask God to protect you. And at night, pray before you go to sleep. 
pray that the Lord guide you and protect you from all the dark demonic forces that you can't see that he protect your children and your family while y'all slumber in the family elsewhere and to pray for those that you don't even know pray for those that are in the church and not of the church that they can be brought to the church and just pray for their protection and pray that the Lord protects them from the enemy as they slumber. Pray that the Lord guards their heart, their mind, their spirits and their souls and their health while they sleep and when they awaken. If it be in his will that they do awake. So prayer is important. Prayer. And don't forget to praise. Praise is important too. What is praise? Praise is um, thanking God for everything you have Praise is thanking God for the hard times Praise is thanking God for the good times Praise is thanking God regardless But also praise is turning on your music And singing worship to him Worship him in music Worship him in the Bible Praise him, read the scripture, study the scripture Praise him, show him you love him Show him you 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 care Show him your your you um your um You appreciate the things he's doing for you and watch him give you more. Watch him keep your health, keep you healthy. Watch him protect you from whatever epidemic they come up with next. Watch him move in your life. Um, I just want to say that you're a wonderful person. That you're a great person. You're a gracious. You're a beautiful person. You're a strong person. You're still here. You're 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 a precious person to God. You're a precious person to the kingdom of heaven. You're a precious person. No matter what anyone says to you, you're great and you can do great things through Christ. You're great in Christ Jesus and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So until the next time, signing off, Apostle, Shepherd, Faith, Morris, signing off for the Morris family, my wife, Ilona Morris, my daughter, Yelly P. Morris, and for now, the Living Word Ministries. We love you. Let me let me do that right. God loves you. We love you. Jesus loves you, who is God. The Holy Spirit that dwells within you loves you. And there's nothing that you can do about it. Nothing at all. We're going to love you anyway. Thank you for tuning in. May the peace of God protect you and guide you wherever you go. May he guide you and protect you as you travel. May he protect you as you sleep in the campus, precious angel in his right hand of protection about your life. May he move through you. May he speak through you. May he save others through you as you pray for them and they pray for you and we'll be praying for you also. We have a message section here I just, and you can leave a message. If it's anybody you want prayer for, leave a message. If you can't reach us through the message thing, then send us an email at R-I-T-L-W ministries at gmail.com R-I-T-L-W ministry at D at gmail.com but may God continue to watch over you protect you and anoint you may he increase your wisdom and knowledge may he bring you closer to the vocation of your calling and may he protect may he give you all that you need and all that will keep you close to him in the name of Jesus Christ 
as you go forth to this world, proclaim the gospel. Tell everyone who Jesus is to you and what he has done. And watch God move in your life. All glory be to God.